I don't know whether you noticed with the readings this morning, but both were about widows. And when I looked at the lectionary readings, the alternative reading was the story of Ruth and Naomi, another two widows. So this morning, we've got the tale of four widows. Our Old Testament reading is from 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses 8 to 16, reading from the New Living Translation. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath and he arrived at the gates of the village. He saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did, as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Gospel reading is from Mark 12, 38 to 44, reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus also taught, beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces. And how they love to seek Love the seats of honour in the synagogues and the head table at the banquet. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came 
and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. I don't know whether you noticed with the readings this morning, but both were about widows. And when I looked at the lectionary readings, the alternative reading was the story of Ruth and Naomi, another two widows. So this morning, we've got the tale of four widows. You know, there's something about them, isn't there? Widows, biblically, the Lord, watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, we are told. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Sustain me, O God, according to your promise and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. A widow's prayer, perhaps, using words direct from scripture. We read in so many places in the Bible of widows. And I wonder why God uses them to illustrate to us some important lessons. Maybe it's because they're often vulnerable, seen as people without a voice or rights in those days people who could be taken advantage of. There was a great deal of social injustice going on. Widows were often victims being swindled out of their homes and their possessions. So God keeps a careful eye on the widow. He is profoundly concerned for her together with the stranger and the fatherless. He is righteous and protects them for he is the father of the fatherless and the defender of the widow. Perhaps it's because widows were often poor, poor emotionally because they had lost a loved one, lost their support in life, poor financially with no husband to provide for them, no social security here. And often society gave them little consideration, little position or value. And so perhaps we could think that being poor humbles you, makes you meek. They have nothing to boast about, do they? Nothing to be showy about. They have little to give practically, but we see in all these stories that they find ways of giving that show us God's heart. We have heard the story of our first widow read for us from Mark's gospel. The story of the widow's offering is often used to teach about financial giving. 
But I think there's more to learn here. Jesus has entered Jerusalem and is teaching the disciples in the temple court. And he notices an event which probably passed most people by. Others would be taking stock of all the big offerings being put into the treasury, would have been keeping tabs on how much their neighbours or their rivals were giving. It was a big game of one-upmanship. And in amongst all the pomp, quietly and discreetly, in walks a poor widow. No bravado, no big show. She comes not with a huge offering of goods or of cash, but holding carefully and protectively in her hands just two tiny copper coins, the smallest value coin in tender, all that she owns. Now she, because of her status as a widow, is not obliged to give anything under the law. She could have withheld the little she had, or she could have chosen to give just one of those coins and keep the other for a time when, even though they were tough right now, they may get a whole lot worse. But she doesn't choose either of these options. She gives it all, everything she has to live on. Those two coins represent more than money. They represent her faith and her belief and her trust in God to protect her and provide for her all that she needs. She lives out the tenderness and humility of her heart. Her huge sacrifice may have gone under the radar for those looking on, but not under Jesus's eye. The coins represent a heart-filled offering, and Jesus sees her heart. Her sacrifice, though small, was total, was complete. And Jesus promises that blessings will be hers. And if we were to go back through the pages of the Old Testament, we can read about two more widows, one young, one older, and the sacrifices that they made. But these were not financial. We find the story of Naomi and Ruth. Naomi, with her husband and sons, had fled the famine in Israel and gone to Moab in enemy country. The sons had married Moabite women but then disaster struck and all the menfolk died. Now Naomi decided to return to Israel in the hope of finding safety and security. And she encouraged Ruth to return to her father's house where she could remarry and build a new life. Naomi's thoughts were not for herself, but entirely for Ruth. Naomi sacrificed her companion and her support for the journey. She sacrificed the comfort of having her daughter-in-law's love, all so that Ruth could start again. 
But Ruth did not accept this chance presented to her and insisted on going on with Naomi, returning to Naomi's land. And she did it out of love and out of compassion. She traveled to a new home where foreigners were not readily accepted, to new customs, to a new God. Her selfless sacrifice meant that she gave herself completely in loyalty and love to Naomi. But their story proves that courage and selflessness can triumph over misfortune. And God sees the hearts of both women and blesses them both. And in a different place and time, we find the story of Elijah, a prophet of God. And we hear that God sends him to a place called Zarephath, a place outside of Israel, hostile territory, a place of Gentiles, of non-Jews. Elijah is told that God will provide for him, but we see that that provision will come from an unlikely source. You will find a widow gathering sticks, Elijah is told. A widow, sorely in need herself, is asked to provide for someone else. And this widow that God is using possibly didn't even have a faith in Elijah's God. She responds to Elijah, perhaps angrily, when he asks for food and water. She says she has nothing to give. I can't imagine how she must have felt. Her situation was so desperate that she thinks that the little food that she has left will be her last meal. But something in her sees this man, this man who has traveled a hundred miles or more in the heat and the dust, who tells her not to be afraid, that his God will make everything all right. She sees something and she believes and she hopes. So she does as he asks. Now, is this because she has nothing left to lose? Or is this God truly working in her life to bring about change and blessing? In all of these stories, there is a common thread. The widows all give but not out of abundance, but out of their lack. They give from a heart-filled desire, from a heart that despite having little or even nothing at all, needs to share, needs to give to others. And God sees that heart. And aren't we told that it is in giving to all men that we receive. All four of our widows received great blessing from God. The widow in the temple yard 
that gave her last coins. Jesus recognized that she had given all she had. Jesus promised blessing. And that's not just for her, but for all that give. Jesus promises, doesn't he? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. The widow of Zarephath shared her last meal out of a kind heart for a complete stranger. And she found Elijah's God true to his promise. Her pot of flour and her jug of oil was supernaturally, continually filled. She received provision that never ran dry, but she also grew in knowledge that she could trust in and lean on an amazing God. And I sometimes wonder if the Brothers Grimm got inspiration for their fairy story about the magic porridge pot from here. The pot in their story kept on giving unless it was told to stop. It would give and give even while overflowing. And God's love is like that, pouring out blessing on blessing. And Naomi was willing to give up the security and comfort of someone she loved to give Ruth the chance to rebuild her own life. Ruth gave up that opportunity out of compassion and love. She gave herself completely. And the blessing received by Naomi and Ruth. Naomi found her family, her security and safety. And Ruth, well, she found a home, a husband, a love, a new faith in a new God. And she had a child. Ruth, a childless widow at the beginning of the story, becomes the great grandmother of Israel's great king, David. The blessing though was bigger than she could ever have realized. Her child was a direct ancestor of Jesus who became a blessing to the whole world. We can learn so much about selfless giving from poor and meek, humble widows. Maybe that's what God wants us to understand. What a joy divine Leaning on the everlasting arms What a blessedness What a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning 
Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs> 